to Let's Be Real, a new economy project podcast. I'll be your host, Julian Robinson. This episode is focused on payday lending. This abusive industry targets those who have trouble making ends meet and those who have been systematically left out of the traditional financial system. Low-income people, undocumented immigrants, people of color, and seniors. Payday lenders, financially supported by the big banks, take advantage of pre-existing economic and racial injustice to extract wealth from these communities. So how do they work? Well, these loans are often a two-week advance of a few hundred dollars that typically have interest rates of about 380% and sometimes even higher. Unsurprisingly, the high interest rates lead to many people rolling over the loans to the next two-week period, incurring even more fees and trapping them in a cycle of debt. Now, if you're a lifelong New Yorker, it's possible that you've never even heard of payday lending. That's because New York is one of 15 states that bans this exploitative industry outright, saving New Yorkers hundreds of millions of dollars in fees alone. So why are we talking about it? Well, the payday lending industry sees those millions, and it wants to worm its way into the Big Apple. Every legislative session, their lobbyists are up in Albany working to change New York laws so they can peddle their predatory products here. But wait, there's more. Despite payday lending being illegal in our state, the city and state governments both invest public money, including public pension funds, in the payday lending industry. In this episode, some local organizers will tell us what they think about those investments. We sit down with Assemblymember Yulene New to discuss what these legislative battles look like from inside the state capitol. And finally, we'll hear from New Economy Project's campaigns director, Andy Morrison, about a coalition that is promoting a statewide vision for financial justice in New York. This is an action-packed episode, so strap in, strap hangers, and let's be real. New York City and New York State invest millions of dollars in public money, including public pension funds, in the payday lending industry. For this segment of New Yorkers Speak Out, we hear from a few organizers from around the city. Liz from Grace Outreach, Nova from Met Council, and Mike from Fury. We ask them each, Knowing that it's illegal in New York and 14 other states, how do you feel about the city and state government supporting payday lenders with public money? I would say that's extremely disappointing. It also seems almost like legal loan sharking. It seems weird that our tax money and our vote elects these representatives who are going to go and invest in something that's clearly illegal and predatory. It makes me feel responsible, the fact that it's my pension money and my tax money, because, oh, I don't want that in my own community, but it's okay for my money to be used to make it happen to somebody else's community. I guess my first response would be why. I'm surprised, but then also not surprised and disappointed, because I would think that my city would want me to thrive. I would say that unfortunately it's a very profitable business because there's so many people that are excluded from the uh, mainstream financial industry. So, you know, we find in a lot of low-income communities that these are basically the only places that they can get capital. So, I, from a financial profit-driven standpoint, it doesn't surprise me, but from a moral perspective, it's, it's abominable. These organizers aren't the only ones to see a problem here. Organizations and community groups around the city and state are organizing for divestment. In October, New Economy Project and others sent letters to the New York City and New York State Comptrollers, urging them to divest all public money and public pension funds from this extractive industry. For our featured interview, we sit down with Assemblymember Yu Lin Nu. 
a longtime advocate for economic justice, but a freshman in the state legislature. Assemblymember New played a pivotal role in defending New York's strong consumer protections during the most recent legislative session. Our wide-ranging conversation focused on the importance of keeping these laws in place, the ways in which banks and predatory financial services extract wealth from low-income communities of color, and the necessary work of imagining an equitable future for these communities. Before we dove into the legislation, we asked the assembly member to tell us a bit more about her district. So my name is Yulene New, and I represent probably the best district in the entire state of New York. I represent the 65th Assembly District, which actually is probably one of the most diverse districts in the state, as well as um, one of the most historic districts in the state. You can go and get Thai rolled ice cream, and you can get probably the best pizza, and uh, you know you have Little Italy, you have Chinatown, you have the South Street Seaport where you can walk along the waterfront and take a stroll through Battery Park. You know my district is probably um, one of the most amazing, vibrant communities. So you can really almost walk from one culture to the next, um, street by street, and it's pretty fantastic. During the most recent session in Albany, legislators, backed by powerful interests, introduced dangerous legislation that would have opened the floodgates to high-interest predatory loans in New York's low-income communities and communities of color. The bills would have allowed check cashers and others to make these abusive and extractive loans, just the latest attempt by the payday lending and check cashing industries to gut New York's long-standing usury law, which makes it a crime to charge more than 25% interest on loans. For an inside perspective, we asked Assemblymember New about the importance of keeping payday lending out of New York, and one bill in particular from last session that would have allowed check cashers to partner with out-of-state banks to facilitate payday loans in New York. I think that um, a lot of times people don't realize how um, how incredibly important the usury protections that New York has in place are. These regulations make it so that uh, no financial service providers, no lenders can ever make usurious loans, and that particular bill um, would basically carve out uh, and weaken those usury laws significantly. We know for a fact that many communities in New York remain unbanked. We know that there is a lack of financial services for especially low-income communities and especially for communities of color and especially for immigrant communities um, you know in the Bronx I mean even when we go to a regular Chase Bank up in the Bronx right now they don't have people ready to ask you or ha- help you with your issues and problems they have ATM machines that are available and that's it so like it's so important to make sure that we have availability of financial services for everyone, um, and I think that you know the layers of truth are all there, and the reasons why we need to have you know the protections that we have are also there, and so these are all things that kind of as we are moving forward and trying to figure out what are some of the best ways to bank or unbanked to make sure that folks who are banked already are choosing the right products and to make sure that we're holding um, all of our lenders accountable for um, the products that they're using. 
The banks that have historically helped perpetuate inequality by ignoring these communities provides important context for the Assembly members' current initiatives. We followed up by asking how she and others in the legislature are thinking about an alternative vision, one that prioritizes the needs of immigrant communities, communities of color, and the low-income communities that have been historically excluded by the traditional financial system. You know, I think that one of the biggest things that I feel like um, I've accomplished this year is that, you know, we were tasked, me, um, Tremaine Wright, uh, she's also an, a freshman assembly member, and um, one of our biggest mentors, Crystal People Stokes, assembly member Crystal People Stokes, uh, we were tasked with um, putting together a financial services package to be, basically be able to look at different alternative services to help bank the unbanked. And I think that that's an incredible opportunity. Um, we've we fought for it, and uh, I think that this is going to be an incredible chance for us to be able to make a difference for, you know, the families, the working families that um, haven't traditionally been serviced that well by our traditional banking institutions um, and uh, who, who deserve to have capitalization in a way that, um, that is fair, equitable, and, and just. One of the things that I kept on hearing was like, well, these are the products that have been servicing these communities, right? These are the products that have been servicing these our communities. And I just have to ask the question of, is that all we deserve? Is that what we deserve? Is this what we want, right? These are important questions to ask. Um, I don't think that it's fair. And I don't think that it's just. And I don't think that it's right. And I think that we need to, I mean, Tremaine Wright was the one who put it in such beautiful, eloquent terms, right? But she said, you know, is this the way that we want to, is this the future that we see for our communities? Is this the way that we want to capitalize our communities? And finally, we closed out our interview by asking Assemblymember New what she thinks the role of progressives should be in the state legislature right now, in this pivotal moment for economic and financial justice. Our job as legislators, our job as um, you know, progressive advocates, uh, is also to just make sure that whatever it is that we're advocating for is coming from the community as well. I think that that's number one. Um, I think that we have to really be listening to what people need and then service those needs in particular. You know, I think that uh, it's uh, very, very crucial and key because. We can't shove anything down anybody's throat in the sense that oh, this is best for you. You know, I think that a lot of times that happens, right, in all of our communities and from, um, from you know, from government. Right now, we are watching history go backwards. We are watching a lot of the work that so many advocates have pushed and pushed and pushed to be able to regulate um, all these different um, banking industries, like to. To see it all rolled back is really, really frightening. We have to analyze and listen. Like, we have to just really listen to what the community wants and then find the best solution in order to build a better future for everyone and in order to see um, that, you know, that that future of capitalization for our communities that we want to see, the one that's fair and that's the one that's just, you know, and how how we're going to do that is to listen to the community and ask them what they want. Now we'll sit down with New Economy Project's campaigns director, Andy Morrison. First off, I asked Andy to discuss what this constant battle is like from an advocate's perspective. 
and how community groups around the city and state are looking to flip the script with an affirmative agenda for this next legislative session. So year in and year out, the industry hires well-connected lobbyists. They pour massive amounts of campaign contributions into the system to advance its agenda. And let's be real, that's unfortunately the way Albany works. But people know that debt trap loans aren't the solution to um, income shortfalls and income volatility. Payday lending thrives in states where it's permitted because people don't have enough money to get from paycheck to paycheck. So we really need more fundamental um, solutions to address the root causes of poverty. And so, for example, and for starters, at a minimum, people should have a living wage. People should have truly affordable housing. We have to force Wall Street banks to meet their obligations to communities equitably. We have to stop them from redlining communities of color. And on the whole, New York really needs an affirmative agenda to address these problems and to promote community equity and neighborhood prosperity for all communities. To close things out, I asked Danny to go into a bit more detail about one plank from this wide-ranging agenda. So what if I told you there was already a network of community-based, mission-driven financial institutions serving predominantly low and moderate income communities in every single county in New York State with affordable financial services, responsible loans to small businesses, um, support for affordable housing, and other critical neighborhood needs? Well, that network exists. Uh, we have in New York one of the highest concentrations of any state in the country of community development financial institutions or CDFIs. And CDFIs include not-for-profit credit unions that are serving the very communities that the big banks on Wall Street have abandoned and are extracting wealth from, um, and also the same communities that payday lenders and other fringe financial services companies purport to want to serve, but in fact exploit. Now, unfortunately, the state is really not doing enough to support these institutions. For example, the legislature created um, what's called the CDFI fund over 10 years ago, but hasn't given it a dime um, in that time. So it's really just collecting dust on a shelf. And we're calling on the governor and the legislature to invigorate the CDFI fund here in New York to inject tens of millions of dollars into it so that it can be put to work right away to expand and strengthen CDFIs. Thanks, Andy. This coalition, made up of civil rights, labor, community, economic justice, seniors, and faith-based groups, is pushing for a transformative financial justice platform for New Yorkers. This is an incredible opportunity to put forth an agenda that is grounded in racial and economic justice, that prioritizes the communities that are so often exploited. As the organizing effort ramps up, and we head into the next legislative session, we will continue to build out community support. If your organization would like to join the coalition, or for more information, visit us online at neweconomynyc.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at neweconomynyc and Facebook at facebook.com slash neweconomyproject. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time.